You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Let's go back in time when turtles roam the sewers of New York. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. And knowing was half the battle. It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. All right, everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. Today, I'm being joined by one of my favorites, actually, uh, Larry Kenny, the voice of Lionel from the original Thundercats. Larry, thank you so much for joining me again. My pleasure, Tim, and not only that voice, but the voice of the uh, of the introduction to yeah, Saturday, morning, Saturday right. morning Rewind, right? Yes, of course. Thanks again for doing that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on that. People love it. Oh, good. So people even knew who you were, even without me saying it. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I can't hide anywhere, can I? No, you can't. Well, that's the thing about, uh, you know, having done the uh, <clears throat> the Lionel voice on the original Thundercats. Is, um, that's one of the few things that people recognize my voice on, of all the things that I, that I do, you know, because I do a lot of, uh, a lot of curti- uh, you know, commercials. Uh-huh. And a lot of those are... Um, Character voices, you know, like Count Chocula and Cocoa Puffs and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, uh, but the Lionel voice, of course, is just my voice. You know, it's a little more dramatic in the show than it is, obviously, as I'm sitting here talking to you. <laughs> but, um, anyway, that's, that's how people recognize my voice from Lionel. So, how, how, how often do you get recognized out in the world? Well, um, gee. Most of the time, people will say something like, uh, you sound like you're, you're on the radio, or you sound like an uh-huh. announcer. You know, if I'm at a checkout counter or something, somebody will say, are you, are you on the radio? Or do you, you sound like you have a... Sometimes people will say, you should do commercials. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say something like, yeah, I hear there's no money in it. Like <laughs> most of the time, I say, well, that's, that is what I do. And, uh-huh. and of course, I, I always have to make a joke about it. So I say... They say, you've got a great voice, and I'll say something like, well, thank you, and thank God, because I have no other skills. I don't know what I would do if I didn't. <laughs> and honestly, I don't know what I would do. I started <laughs> radio when I was 15 years old. Yeah, and, um, well, yeah, I'll start from the beginning. How did you get started? Well, I was in high school, actually. I, it was a couple weeks before my 16th birthday, and uh, back in Pekin, Illinois, which is right in the middle of uh, Illinois, and uh, we had a radio class, and I didn't realize at the time, I do now, how unique that was. I mean, and this is, we're talking about 1963, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually had a radio class, and we actually broadcast a 10-minute radio show during lunch hour every day uh, over telephone lines on the local radio station. So um, I took that radio class and started doing the radio show every day. And then um, one day, a guy from the big radio station across the river in Peoria, Illinois, uh, came to our, our class and said, we're looking for somebody from your school to do this half-hour show. Actually, the show had been on for some for, for a few years. It was called School Scope. And it was two, two high school guys, one from, from uh, my high school, Beacon Community High School, and one from one of the several Peoria high schools. And it was a one-hour show on Saturdays, and um, they played the records, you know, the Beatles, and and then my boyfriend's back and all that. Mm-hmm. But instead of commercials during the hour, they would talk about what's going on at local high schools. 
called a public service show, you know. So um, I said, I'll come up and audition, and I did, and they put me on the air that same day that I auditioned, hmm. and that's, that was how it started out. Wow, so where, where did it branch out from there? I'm sorry? Where did it branch out from there, your career? Well, from there, I went, that was at a station called WIRL in Peoria. It was a 5,000 station. So I did that for the first, you know, six, eight months, I guess. And um, every Saturday, it was just a one-hour show. And then after a while, I forget how long it was, they began, they, they asked me, would you like to do, uh, like, um, a disc jockey show on Saturday night? Uh, or on Sunday night? And I said, yeah, sure. Mostly it turned out to be like an hour of me playing records and then playing public, especially on Sundays, playing public service shows, like uh-huh. your, your congressman speaks, you know, for 15 minutes, <laughs> and just put the tape on and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and so I did that for, uh, you know, a year or so. And, worked, and then I worked uh, during the summer, during the summer when the, the regular disc jockeys were on vacation, I'd fill in for them. Did that for a couple of years and, and then finally they gave me a full-time job doing like a noon to three or something like that. And um, that's what I did, and then later on moved on to Fort Wayne, Indiana, Cleveland, Chicago, and then finally New York, a bigger, bigger station. Okay. And when did you branch out from the from radio to on the TV? That was in. Uh, I didn't do television until I got to New York, and I had been. See, I came to New York in '74, and uh, <clears throat> I had never done television except just to appear on TV. And, you know charity auctions and things like okay. that. I never did this show. And my agent sent me to an audition for a, a game show called Bowling for Dollars. <laughs> and uh, I auditioned for that and uh, won that audition. And um, so I did Bowling for Dollars for three years. And then um, when that ended, I did a couple of um, a couple of uh, operas. And then I finally decided I, did, I didn't want to do any more on camera. I didn't like doing it on camera. Yeah. I like going in the studio and, you know, spending 20 minutes or an hour or whatever it is, commercial, usually 20 minutes, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then going somewhere else, you know, or or just uh, hanging out for a while. But on camera, I mean, you have to get there, you know, most like the soap operas, you get there at 7 in the morning, and you, you do a read-through, and then you have to... You have to wait while they do the lady's hair, and then you have to do a walkthrough. Then you have lunch. I mean, you're there from 7 in the morning till 7 at night. Yeah, wow. Same thing with, with commercials on camera. So I said no more commercials. I'm too lazy for that. <laughs> All right, so what would be your first breakout uh, voiceover job? The first breakout job? You mean like your first really big one? Um, or, or we can go on the steps of, you know, what brought you to the first uh, yeah, one. Yeah, well... Uh, at the beginning, back at that station in Peoria, Illinois, it was a 5,000-watt station. And each disc jockey, um, before your show, let's say, for example, I was working from uh, from noon to 3 on the air, I would come in either before my shift or after my shift, I would go into the production studio across the hall where I would find in my little cubby um, a stack of, of cassettes, plastic cassettes, which we used back then to record on to, and uh, all the scripts for whatever number of commercials they wanted me to record that day that we played on the rest of the shows on the, you know, around the clock on the station. We each, in other, in other words, it was a part of your job. <clears throat> you know, someday you might have two commercials to record, someday you might have six or seven. Uh-huh. So you do your show, and I would do mine after. So I would do my show, and then I would go in and, and then look, you know, take the stack and record and, uh, by myself, I'd be the engineer and everything, record them, 
um, and hand them in, and then they would be placed in the station. Well, I did that in Peoria and then in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then when I got to Cleveland, the first major city I worked in, uh, uh, it was a union town. So uh, not only did I have somebody running the, the control board for me while I was on the air, it was the first job I worked at where you didn't have to play your own records, you know, your own commercials. You just sat behind the mic, and there was a guy, a guy uh, on the other side of the glass uh, that you would point to when you wanted to do something, which is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, when I got to Cleveland, and since it was a bigger city and a, and a union town, um, when you recorded commercials, you got paid extra for it. And you weren't recording them for the radio station per se, you were recording them for ad agencies hmm. to play on all the other stations in town, and in some cases around the country, you know, national commercials. And that's when I first realized, wow, you can make a lot more money in this business <clears throat> doing commercials than you can sitting behind, sitting in for four hours playing records and uh -huh. you know stuff like that. So that was in Cleveland where I first, when you, when you mentioned like a breakout commercial, I started doing commercials like for Higby's department store and there was a chain of restaurants there called Manners Big Boys and I did a lot of their stuff for a while. And that's where I really first started making some money. Then I went on to Chicago and, and, uh, and, and did some national spots there. But, of course, when I got to New York in 1974, that's when you really start making, you know, the national commercials, the ones that really make money, <laughs> like Count Chocula and uh -huh. Coco Puff and things that play on, on the networks. That's where you really can make some money. You know. So My first, first big one, I think, uh, nationally, I didn't start doing Coco Puffs and Count Chocula until 78 or 9. So I'm not sure I did, I think I did a couple of Volkswagen commercials back in 75, things like that. The first one that really, you know, the first one that I, well, I'm still doing Count Chocula and Cocoa Puffs both, so that's been 35 Oh, I didn't know that you were still doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they don't run commercials for Count Chocula anymore. No, no. But we still do one or two new ones for um, Cocoa Puffs. Huh. No, I didn't know that. I thought somebody replaced you after so many years. No, 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 I'm still doing it. In fact, I did that's did awesome. a couple weeks ago, yeah. Huh. I've still got it, you know, up here. Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> as long as I can hit those high notes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome that you're still doing that. What What year did they stop doing Count Chocula? Oh, it's been several years now. I thought we so. Have been, <clears throat> occasionally, I'll do something. They'll call me in the studio to do just a couple of lines as, as Count for their website, the General Mills okay. website. I forget what it's called now, but it's an interactive thing for kids. You know, where they can go on and play games and. A couple of games where you hear the count say something about "Good job, you won." Now let's play level three. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only time you hear his voice. Oh, that's too a, bad. They don't do commercials for him anymore. You still <laughs> buy the cereal in some stores, but I think it's on its way out. Yeah, probably. All right. So, what steps did you take from there to to, to move on your career? Well, I just kept going to auditions. You know, I mean, um, I just and I still do. I mean, I still go into the city and. Uh, and uh, and then you give it a day. I might have uh, three auditions and one recording session. Some days I might have two or three recording sessions, no yeah. auditions. Some days I might not have anything, you know. <laughs> but it's um, it's it's never been a fixed schedule. In other words, I don't I don't get on the uh, you know eight thirty train every day and come home in the six o'clock train. There are days when I don't have to be in the city until until you know two in the afternoon, and nice. I maybe only have one one appointment. So it's, it fluctuates a lot. Yeah. All right, let's fast forward a little bit to Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Well, that was it was a a holiday 
um, obviously a Christmas uh, animated Christmas special that was produced by Rankin Bass, the same people who produced uh, the original Thundercats, Mm -hmm. Silverhawks, and Tiger Sharks, and uh, Karate Cat, and Street Frogs, all the things we did for them back in the 80s. They also did, and a lot of us on the, a lot of the same people who were on the, uh, uh, in the casts of those shows with me uh, were in, in, in the cast, uh, part of the cast of these, these animated Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. And some of those still are on the air every year too. I think, I think last year I saw, I saw a, list, a listing for, um, Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. We did one called Star for Jeremy, 12 Days of Christmas. We did a bunch of those. With the, mostly the same people, you know, Peter Newman, Lynn mm-hmm. Lipton, and Jerry and Raphael, and, and, and you know, Bob McFadden, people like that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome that you guys worked so so well together and for so long together too. We did. Oh, it was wonderful. You know, it's. I mean, those people. I worked with those people for years and years. Uh, Bob McFadden, especially because Bob McFadden, uh, may he rest in peace, was not only. Uh, with me on Thundercats and Silverhawks and Count Chocula, I mean, and, and um, um, Tiger Sharks and all those shows for Rankin Bass I just mentioned. But he and I had worked uh, together even before that on uh, the serial commercials because Bob, for many years, was the voice of um, Frankenberry. Huh. Frankenberry serial. Remember that was? I do, uh, actually, yeah. Frankenberry serial. It's strawberry flavored marshmallows. <laughs> that was Bob McFadden. <laughs> So in the early days of Count Chocula, for me at least, when I started doing Count Chocula, uh, we didn't just do a commercial for Count Chocula and the commercial for Frankenberry. The commercials were joined together what they called the monster cereal, General Mills monster cereals. It was Frankenberry, Count Chocula. There was Booberry for a while. There was uh, Mummy Yummy, Yummy Mummies or whatever it was. <laughs> So Bob and I worked together on those too. So yeah, he, it became a kind of a family, almost like a um, a troop of actors who worked together in lots of things. Uh-huh. And I'm sure you and Bob got a lot of uh, recording time since, he, especially since he played Snarf. You know, you're pretty much your best friend on Thundercats. Exactly, exactly. He was on Thundercats and he was on Silverhawks and Tiger Sharks. And Bob was a Bob was a great guy, funny and just so. <laughs> so funny. He was crazy. <laughs> well, he had to be to play Snarf. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we we would do it. For example, you know, all six, five or six of us actors would be in the studio, and we would have have just finished uh, one scene or something. And of course, everybody looks through the glass at the producer, the director, to see you know if they're going to want another take or whatever. Bob would Bob would finish his line, and he would look up and. They wouldn't be looking at us. They'd be talking to each other, and Bob would turn to an imaginary person in, in the corner and say, "Mother, they hated it." <laughs> <laughs> or if, or if we, uh, we we would finish a take, and and all the actors in the room, we all kind of looked at each other as if we knew that was a good take, a very good take. You know, Bob would look through the glass and say, "Would you guild Olympus?" <laughs> <laughs> in other words, would. Would you put a gold coating on something like Olympus? Uh-huh. Perfect thing. He was funny. All right, now now that we're on the subject, let's talk about some of your castmates on um, on Thundercats. Let's go through yeah. a little bit of them, and if you want to break into a story, you can, or All just right. talk a little about them. Um, let's talk about or- Earl Hammond for a bit. He uh, voiced Mumra, and unfortunately, we lost him recently too. Yes, we did. God love him. Earl was so fun to work with. 
he played Mumra, of course, and intended to play the like the, the heavies on all the shows. Yeah. He had that big booming voice. And the funniest thing about Earl, he was a very funny guy. And he was much older than the rest of us. He and Earl Hyman were pretty much older. The rest of us were like in our 30s. And they were in their 50s, 60s, maybe 70s. Hmm. And, um, but uh, those of you who are familiar with Thundercats, and I think probably most of you are, that's why you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. We, uh, um, Mumra, the character that Earl played, when, when he turned into this horrible character, he would yell and he would drool. There would be, actually be drool coming out of his mouth. Well, when Earl did the character, he drooled. He spat and drooled because he was doing this, um, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and he would spit, and the drool would come, and he would be as he's talking, he would be wiping it off his chin, <laughs> flinging it. So whatever. <laughs> so we'd all when we saw it was, you know, you, you kind of look ahead in the next page of the script, and any time, like if I noticed that on the next page, it's, it's going to be time for Mumra to do his, you know, his ancient spirit and turn into the evil, the evil creature. <laughs> you kind of give a guys next page and everybody would start backing up into the corners because we knew Earl was going to be spitting uh-huh. <laughs> and drooling oh, it was fun it was fun did it take him a while to get into character or was he oh, able just no. to jump into it no nah, he could go right into like all this I mean it was yeah. just, you know you just especially after we've been doing it for a while you know yeah there are times when you're when you're first begin doing a series, the first few episodes where you're not quite sure, uh, you know, you haven't developed your character thoroughly yet, and you're not sure, sometimes you have to say, uh, will you play back what we did yesterday for me so I can hear exactly how I said that, or but after a few, I mean, you, you, you know, we did 160 episodes, 130 episodes, so at some point you you finally realize, I know exactly what to do here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we were talking about Bob McFadden. You want anything else to, to him, or? Well, just that he was so such a talented guy. I used to watch Bob McFadden on the Ed Sullivan Show when I was a kid. Oh, wow. I remember he was a stand-up comic, and uh, I remember him very well when I was, you know, ten years old. I, I remember Bob McFadden, and I, as a matter of fact, when <clears throat> they sent me a list of, uh, my, the first my agent first told me that I was, you know, had had been chosen to do the job. They sent me a list of all the other actors, and I saw Bob McFadden. I didn't, you know, I didn't know him before. And I, I'm sorry. When we first started, working, when I first started working with him on the serial commercial. Uh-huh. You know, they said you're going to be working with Bob McFadden, and I thought, gee, there used to be an old comic named Bob McFadden. <laughs> they said that's the guy. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like this kid, you know. And, oh my God, it's Bob. But he was just uh, so much fun to be around. And his son now is doing well in the business. Oh really, uh, Brian? Yeah, Brian McFadden. He's he's a voiceover actor. Oh. I think he's a stand-up comic as well. You know? Nice. So it yep. runs in the family there. Same, Same with you, of course. Same with me. My daughter here, <laughs> Carrie Kenny Silver, is doing extremely well. Uh huh. Yeah. And my son now is a voiceover actor as of about two months ago. Oh wow, nice. Tanner Kenny, yeah. So I guess um, I guess they kind of took a. <laughs> They watched me, and so I never had to work very hard for a living. That's a good idea. No heavy lifting. Just wear shorts to work every day, you know. (laughs) All right, so Lynn Lipton as Chitara. Pretty much the only female in the cast for the first season, at least. She was, yeah, for the first season, and then Jerry Ann Raphael joined us and started doing Pumaira and others. Lynn is a sweetheart, yeah. Uh, 
and she she also was in all the other, most of the other things, you know, the Tiger Sharks uh-huh. and, uh, and uh, Karate Cat and things like that. Lynn's a sweetheart. I'm gonna, I still see her once in a while. And Peter Newman. Well, Peter and I have the same agent, so I see him once in a while. Okay. He's office and around town. And we're all going to be together out in California for for a ThunderCon PowerCon, which is uh, uh, a, a Comic Con mostly for people who were Thundercats, He-Ra, and He-Man and She-Ra. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. We had one last year. It was great. But this time, um, Lynn's going to be there. Peter Newman's going to be there. And um, Jerry Ann. And also Matthew Mercer, who is the, the new Tiger. He's going to be there. Oh, wow. He was there, he was there last year, in fact. Yeah. Okay. And when is this going to be? It is the, uh, oh, gosh, let's see, <laughs> September. Uh, let me get and check my calendar here. I think it's the 17th and 18th, something like that. But let me make sure I get it right. It is September 22nd and 23rd. Okay, yeah. I... Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, and it's in uh, Torrance, California, just outside of uh, Los Angeles. Okay, nice. I just got back from... They have a website. Uh, it's called... Um, mm, I think they actually call it PowerCon ThunderCon, which kind of upset me at first because I thought the ThunderCon should be first. <laughs> <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> well, yeah, that should be... Let's see. Yeah, it's actually it's thepower-con.com. Thepower-con.com. Awesome. Is that going to be a recurring ah, thing? Oh, it does say ThunderCon PowerCon on the top. There Very good. Go. <laughs> I must have talked him into changing. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that the new ThunderCats is you know highly popular and everything, maybe they're realizing they need to put that first. Could very well be, yeah. And I think you're right. All right, so Earl Hyman as Panther. Yeah. What a gentleman. Classic yeah, Earl is still with us. I haven't seen him for years. Uh, but I know that he's still, and I don't believe he's active in the business, but I heard someone, uh, uh, I heard a, a small clip of uh, an interview he did a couple of years ago with somebody about Thundercats. Oh, nice. He was a great gentleman. A lot of people don't realize that Earl was um, on the Cosby show. He played Bill Cosby's yep. father I remember that. on the Cosby show. Yep, I remember. I think that's where I yep. first realized who he was, and then I heard his voice on Thundercats. Yeah. Like, oh, same guy. <laughs> he was on uh, the original Panthro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was—he's just a total gentleman, the nicest guy in the world. I haven't seen him for years. Though. Yeah, it's a shame, but I'm sure you—you know, got to retire at some point. Well, yeah, I suppose so. Although people ask me if I'm going to retire, I just turned 65 last Sunday, and I people ask me if I'm going to retire, and I say, "Well, I'm stop talking." I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be talking anyway. <laughs> I may as well continue to get paid for it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't see myself ever. I mean, I. I may pull back at some point and, you know, not do quite as much. I'm sure, sure there'll come a time when I've decided I don't want, don't want to go New York, into New York City every day or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe they'll stop asking me, too. That could happen, too, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I, I have fun. I've always enjoyed it. Uh, and Peter Newman wraps up the the final cast of the main cast yeah, as Peter, Tiger. Like I said, I'm going to see him. Uh, well, I see Peter around town. Uh, and Peter was also on, on most of those shows that I mentioned. And... Um, Peter's a great guy. He did uh, Tiger. He was the original Tiger, of course. And um, I forget the characters. And I forget my own characters in some of the other <laughs> shows. It's been, it's been a long time, you know. Oh, I'm um, sure. But uh, I'll be seeing Peter out there. Yeah, Peter's a very talented guy. You know, the funny thing is, Peter, actually, that was, Thundercats was his first job in the business. He, uh, maybe not as very, for, he may have done a couple of radio commercials or something, but Peter was an accountant, 
and he was working, I don't know if he had his own thing, or I think he was working for some accounting firm, you know, in a little cubby hole somewhere, you know, adding things up. And for some, I don't know what, uh, how he decided to, why well, he decided, but he decided to get into the voice business and was in it only for, you know, several months, I guess, when he gets this audition and, and goes to audition and wins the role of Tiger in what <laughs> has become, you know, one of the, an, an iconic uh, uh-huh. show. And he's done very well since then, but he just, I remember very clearly his first, the first few recording sessions that he was really pretty nervous because he didn't. I'm sure. He looked around and saw people who've been in the business forever, you know, and knew our names and stuff. And he, but he soon found out that he was talented enough to be there. And he deserved to be there. Now, is he one of the youngest, probably, in the cast? Yeah, um, uh, he probably was. Um, I don't know if he's younger than me or not. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Peter is younger than me. I think he's probably now only around sixty or fifty. I don't know something like that. But he was probably the youngest member too. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, I'm sure he felt. I, well, we all knew. He said, we were in fact, at one point we talked to him. He said, "Why are you so?" He wasn't nervous when he was recording. You know what I mean? I mean, he could, but he seemed a little. Well, he showed showed a little too much respect for all of us. <laughs> he started calling us the first day. He was calling us ma'am and sir. Oh no, 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 no. And we, you know, we're a bunch of very lucky actors here. You don't have to act. Show us <laughs> so, uh, and he hasn't shown us a bit of respect since that day. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, Listen, Tim. I've got about five more minutes. If you if you have any more questions for me. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. About, let's move on to a little bit about uh, Silverhawks. Oh, yeah, Silverhawks, yes, yes, that's right. Uh, Colonel Bluegrass. You know, the funny thing is, I've been, for years and years, I've been telling people I played Lieutenant Bluegrass on Silverhawks, because that's how I remembered it. And then at, at one, of the, one of the Comic-Cons, somebody came up and said, would you sign this Colonel Bluegrass? And I said, you mean Lieutenant? And they said, no, he was, he was a colonel. <laughs> so I looked it up, and he was Colonel Bluegrass. <laughs> so, you know, I had been... Uh, I had been calling myself Lieutenant Bluegrass all those years. I guess I began to believe it. So, what was it like stepping down as a leader and then playing a, a, a pretty much a co-star? Oh, this? I didn't mind at all. I mean, because you know, let's face it, you're, you're, you're an actor. You're not really the leader of this Thundercats. You're an actor who's just uh-huh, reading yeah. words. So, I, <laughs> I, it wasn't really a step down. You know, it was another part. Paid just as much. Money was exactly the same. So, <laughs> I didn't mind. Um, and it's fun, you know, I mean, playing Lionel is obviously great, I mean, but um, but uh, it was nice to play a different kind of character, you know. Bluegrass is just this kind of fun guy, you know, play the guitar, and, hey, kid, what's this? And she flames out of the guitar or whatever it was, you know. Got to use a little bit of accent. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. Of course, Lionel is still my favorite. Oh, I'm know, sure. I'm sure. Comes to iconic, you know. Mine too. <laughs> I mean, let's face it: if you tell a hundred people in a room that uh, uh, you played Colonel Bluegrass, maybe three of them will say, "Oh, I know who that was." Uh-huh. If you tell a hundred people you played Lionel, probably half of them are going to know who that <laughs> was. So <laughs> that's when they say, "Get out of town! You did not." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> What have you done since then? Let's just wrap that up a little. A little you know. I haven't worked in 30 years. Didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still doing commercials. I still do, um, uh, still do, you know, uh, Cocoa Puffs and um, 
I, for the last ten years or so, I've been I've been the voice on Skittles commercial, Skittles candy. Oh. I'm the guy at the end that says, "Feel the rainbow, taste the rainbow." And nice. So, yeah. And um, I mean, I'm still doing commercials all the time. You probably hear them, don't know it's me. I know. I didn't know that you did Skittles. I didn't. Know. Oh yeah. <laughs> about 10, 10, 12 years I've been doing nice. Skittles. Let me think of what else. I'm, you know, gosh. I mean, I. You know, I get home at night. My wife will say, "What did you do today?" And I had to think. You know, or look back at my look at my phone and see what, I, what my appointment was. And, oh yeah, yeah, I did this. <laughs> but you just you know, if one gets a job, you go to another job. You go to, and frankly, when it's an audition, sometimes or even even a, a booking, if you record it, you get a, a job to be on a radio commercial, let's say. And I go there and I record it. My script doesn't even my I might have one line or two lines, and I don't even mention the product. My my yeah, my character doesn't mention the name of the product, you know, so it's not ingrained in me. When I get home, <laughs> all I remember is I said my line was, uh, "Well, I'm going to have to try some of that stuff tomorrow." Thanks for telling me. <laughs> and I get home and I think I, I had to look up what was the product. Uh-huh. So what I'm saying to you is I don't remember the products that I have on you. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you a hint, though. You can listen for me. A lot of radio commercials and sometimes TV commercials too. If like if there's a Let's say a TV commercial or a, or a movie where there's a TV on in the background. It's a ball game or something. I'm usually doing. I'm usually the guy going, "Fans, it's a great day here at the ballpark. Sunshine in the sky, and here's a pitch." I do a lot of that <laughs> stuff for some reason <laughs> with the long vowels. Uh-huh. Just a bit outside. I tell you what you. I tell you what people can do if they want to. If you go to my Facebook page. Because what I started doing is I noticed on YouTube, I started looking for old commercials that I had done, and sure enough, they were there. Everything's on YouTube, right? Oh, yeah. So I found like 50 old 70s, 80s, 90s commercials for things like Hungry Hungry Hippos and Crash Test Dummies and the Game Operation and, you know, all those game mousetrap and all that with my voice on. So I found it fun to do and I, what I'm doing now is like every few days I'll put in another one on the timeline on my Facebook page that you can click on I'll say I'll say something like here's here's something I may have sold you back in the 80s you know <laughs> it'll be a commercial for uh, Mighty Dog dog food or you know meow mix I used to do that, all, all of those things uh-huh. and I'm getting a lot of response to that people say I, I didn't <laughs> know you did all those things my god you were everywhere when I was a kid <laughs> So they can check that out and find out. What yeah, it's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a friend of yours on Facebook, so I see that all the time too. And I click them all the time too. That's right, you are. Yeah. Well, listen, pal, I have to go, but no problem. Nice man. talking with you again. Yep. And before we go, can you take me out as the voice of Lionel, if you're able to? I certainly can. All right, go ahead. Uh, let me think about something here now. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. And don't forget, fans, be sure and listen to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Thundercats! Ho! Beautiful. That's ten grand you owe me. <laughs> I'll send it in the mail. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. All right, man. Appreciate it. Talk to you again. Some All right, bye. Bye-bye.